Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. How are you today, J.C.? Good, good. Good, good. It's Monday Night Football Night. Is it? We're live on YouTube, competing with Monday Night Football. Okay. So, all those people that uh, were mad about how um, uh, the football players were kneeling will be watching us. Oh. And then okay. everybody else will be. <laughs> gotcha. Everybody else will be uh, uh, watching the football game, probably. I think there's two of them. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Double header? Yeah. Well, remember, you can always find us at chrisannhall.com, where you can find the radio shows, you can find the articles, you can find videos, you can find Liberty First University, and all of our current events brought to you from a constitutional and principled perspective. Today, JC, I want to talk about something in uh, Florida, actually. I showed this to you earlier today. Three Florida police officers were sent to prison today uh, for false arrests. Now, what's interesting about this story is these uh, former police, op- Florida police officers, were sentenced to prison for conspiring to falsely arrest people to improve the department's crime statistics at the instruction of their police chief. So, what you have are three officers and the police chief who have been charged with conspiracy in which they've actually brought charges against people that they knew they did not have the evidence to prosecute Mm -hmm. because the police chief wanted to have a 100% closed record statistic, right? So no cold cases for this police chief. Gotcha. Now, I just brought this this up. This is in Miami? Miami area? Uh, This is in Biscayne. Yeah, Miami area. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the Miami area. And so the, the thing, imagine that, the Miami area. Anyway, uh, the, the reason that I bring this up is because I do a constitutional training for law enforcement. And I think what we have here, this came to light, JC, because one of these police officers had a, a, a conflict of conscience. He just said, look, I can't do this. This is wrong. And he became a whistleblower, which inevitably turned himself in to other officers and the police chief. So this is what I want people to see. 
and I don't know, maybe this is just my highly optimistic outlook that I have on life or however, however that works, but I teach law enforcement about the Constitution because the academies do not. Part of that teaching, JC, is the understanding that these officers have a duty, and I find it, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, what you see is a picture of one of the officers with his hand up. He's taking his oath, right? Mm -hmm. So this is obviously not the picture of when he got arrested. This is the picture of when he took his was sworn into office. And so part of that training that I use to teach just the not not only the Constitution, but the duty of that oath. And the duty of that oath is to secure the rights of the people and not to... Uh, to secure the rights of the people first, e even above the law when the law contradicts, contradicts the rights of the people, and the duty is not to follow orders, okay? When those orders conflict, conflict with the rights of the people. Now, the conscience, the, the conflict in conscience that this officer had was that he realized that he was doing something wrong to somebody's rights. But if we had this kind of training in the academies where somebody like me came in and taught the, the principles to the oath, the principles to the Constitution, the principles to all of this, surely there's going to be corrupt people. But you will have fewer officers that are willing to step up and simply obey an order because the police chief told them. And maybe they'll step up sooner and say, hey, look, um, your order is telling me to violate this person's rights. And, and I think what's really important is having an understanding of why those rights are actually codified in our state and federal constitutions. A lot of people just think, well, you know, it's a living, breathing document. These are just words. They don't really mean anything. And what, you know, the, the Supreme Court this, the legislators that. And so when we teach what these rights are really th worth, why these wor the wording is actually in our documents, and that the duty is to the rights of the people, the oath is to the rights of the people, and not to follow orders. I believe that you wouldn't get three officers in the same um, in the same force that would do this. I think you would could possibly keep two or three people from being falsely accused. Do you see my point? Yeah, I mean everybody needs good teaching about what their, what their duty is. I think going to prison will kind of help help that as well. Yeah, I I don't know. That's where the, the, the cynicism sort of comes in because what you have is a punishment of these three, four people now. Is there actually an understanding of what they did and yes. why they did what they did was wrong? Sure, that's true. So it's like beating a child but never explaining to them what the right thing was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is this is not correction. This is punishment. Right. That's true. And I'm really concerned. This is really concerning to me because for me, what I see here after reading this whole article is not just simply an ignorance to the rights of the people. But what I see here are three officers who felt like they had to follow the order of their boss. And we saw, we, we see that with 
officers today, when we try to explain to them, you know, your duty is to the rights of the people. Well, you know, it's my job to enforce the law. It's my job to follow orders. And, and I think this is something that really we really have to to drive home with our leadership in the sheriff's departments and in the, the police departments that, look, following orders is not your job. And I know that we we've covered a lot of these uh, uh, several of these cases. But I just want to ask you in your recollection, because I don't really recollect, JC, how many of these things that we've seen in the past of these kind of police misconducts are, are do you think are police officers either one simply failing to understand the role and duty of of their oath and their obligation to the rights of the people and number two how many of them are simply following orders not maybe simply the peace police chief but their their partner next to them or you know you have to do this because what we've seen videos of people th this is what brings to mind you know the videos of the officers that are committing the abuse and the other officers that are just standing there and watching yeah to me it's always I mean, it's a moral issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I see this stuff. You need righteous people in positions of power. I don't care what it is. And, you know, so to, to me, it's, it's, I mean, how much, what sort of class do you need to, you know, to, to, <laughs> to encourage you not to stand by and watch somebody you know, unjustifiably get get the fool beat out of him. I think of the like the lady in Tallahassee that I don't know if she was drunk or whatever it was, but uh, you know, the ninety pound little blonde oh, lady yeah, behind yeah, the car that. and the mm -hmm. officer just is pounding her face, like crushes her eye socket. I mean, just mm -hmm. just beats her to a pulp. Be, right. For and and was actually nothing was happening. You right. know, I mean, she wasn't actually doing anything. Uh, so, excuse me. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I agree with you. People understanding their duty and you know putting in the framework that you put it in. But you know, in light of the question that you asked me, um, why does anybody need a Constitution class to know not to do that, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. a morality. So it's all of these things. Mm -hmm. If you have immoral people, then you know they don't care. But then at the same time. You need that instruction because garbage in, garbage out. You know, right. so they have to have a frame of reference. If if you've never, if something's never been sewn into you to give you a basis of moral so action. Here's the thing. I remember when we were in the military, JC, and something happened somewhere. Could have been in on the remote part of the planet. Then all of a sudden, you know, division wide or department wide or whatever oh, yeah. sure we yeah, had to the, have the your, training your sensitivity tra sensitive training. Tra sensitive yeah. tra right exactly so my question would be for biscayne uh township here in the miami area what what training are you giving your officers now mm -hmm. because this is a huge teaching moment right because not only are these officers prosecuted but we're talking about huge civil rights lawsuits that are going to come against this township because of what happened. The taxpayers are going to be paying a lot of money to these defendants, a lot of money. And even if they were guilty, there's no way even now to actually prosecute them legitimately. Well, and these bad cops, you know, add to the erosion 
of the trust between community and, exactly. and police. So bad cops. I mean, every time something like this happens, you always make it worse for the officers who are who are good people trying to do their job. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's bad on so many levels. So I do think the training is 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 really paramount to kind of protect from right. this stuff in the future. So if you're a Florida list, uh, listener or watcher on here on YouTube or on the Oath Keepers channel or you're uh, a you know, a lover of liberty in your state, contact your sheriff, contact your police chief and say, look, we need to our officers to have this kind of training so this won't happen here. And especially in this area, people who are listening who are residents of Florida, residents in this area, you need to contact your uh, your county and city leadership and say, look, we need to bring in training so that our officers can understand this because we don't do this at the academies. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, JC, I stuck up our uh, Liberty First Gear t-shirt back up on our on our ad roll here at the Daily Journal because of all the gun grabbers and all the legislation that's coming forth. Um, you know, the, la the show I did, last show I did last week was about how William Barr has taken gun legislation, proposed gun legislation to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. to pass. So how amazing would it be if we could get an overwhelming number of the people of America to start wearing their right to keep and bear arms t-shirts everywhere they go. So at the Liberty First gear at chrisannhall.com, we have a t-shirt being necessary uh, to the security of a free state uh, shall not be infringed. It's got pictures of those really scary guns on the front. And then that very quite ominous uh, crosshairs in the back. Shame on you, JC, for putting crosshairs on someone's back. Does, th does this legislation seem likely? Or, well, it's not legislation, is it? You said Barr initiated William Barr it, so is, no, is... no, it's, it's pro uh, proposed legislation. So things that the, depart that the AG through the Department of Justice is recommending to President Trump to bring to Congress to put in a gun control bill. I see. Yeah, so. How likely do you think it is that Trump's going to back that stuff. Man, I don't know. He's all over the map. One day he's, I'm going to protect your Second Amendment. The next day he's, we got to make people safe. So I, I can't figure out where he is I, on I was this. just curious about, you know, what I think of as the Trump bubble. Like, when does the bubble burst? Is that something that would burst the bubble? So if, if Trump supported that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, no, it, I, I is always, burst, it is bursting the Trump bubble. You, you think, it, no, I'm watching it happen on social media. I always media. wonder You mean when the, the, the Trump-Jesus bubble, as you call them. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the people that... There's always an explanation mm -hmm. for anything that he does that is not mm -hmm. doesn't quite line Trust up. Trust right? the plan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously he's done... You know, there's good stuff. Good stuff but, and but bad stuff. But then there's stuff, bad stuff, and, yeah. right? And so, but the bad stuff, that group, 
never acknowledges the bad stuff. There's always some mm-hmm. bizarre explanation. Well, he's right. playing 5D chess, and he actually did that in, other, <laughs> in order to troll the media. Is that really a thing? 5D when he's like 5D? Five, yeah, that's what... Is yeah. that the Star Trek thing with the multiple levels and stuff? I don't know what that stuff? is. Okay, I don't know. I didn't, never heard of 5D, but anyway. So... Uh, I can tell you that our Senator Rick Scott stood up and said, I, I am uh, looking forward to passing gun legislation this term. So, yeah. I mean, you have uh, a, a, an overwhelming Republican support for this gun grabbing like you've never seen before. It would just be interesting to me, you know, politically to wa- to see that reaction. Yeah. See, like the Trump bubble well, burst. Like, what? that's. That's really my, here's my philosophy. I don't remember who I was saying this to the other day, but here's my sort of philosophy. I believe that Trump is, is number one, he's a New York conservative, which means he's moderate at best everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been in favor of gun control since day one as a New York conservative would be. Yeah. To a certain I, degree, not like say open, confiscate. Uh, open to. He's been open to it. Not like confiscation of firearms, yeah. but open to restrictions. Yeah. I'm going to call right? him a gun grabber. He's not a gun no. grabber. But, right. but he, he's a guy who's not settled okay. in this area. Right. He's not settled on the principle like, no, no, here's the reason right. why. So I'm not moving on this. So the people that Trump has as advisors in his administration, I don't think anyone can deny that there's a handful of them out there that do not have Trump's interests in in mind. They don't have our interests. They don't have our interests in mind. They don't have Trump's interest in mind. I believe that he has people still working on his staff that want to see him lose in 2020. Sure. I really believe that. No, I, I believe so that. then I believe those people are feeding him the information that resonates with that part of him. Yeah. I want to I love people. I want to keep them safe. I'm not opposed to regulations. And I believe that they're manipulating him into accepting these things instead of explaining to him that you are going to lose a massive amount of your base if you support this because they want him to lose. That's just my political theory. The people on his staff, we know that there are people on his staff that don't like him. They've been there then day one. They've been working against him. We know the Department of Justice, especially the FBI, is working against him in a large portion. And I believe these people are, are, are feeding him because we know how Trump assimilates information from outside. When he doesn't understand something, he goes to people that he trusts. And I believe that he's trusting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. I really do. So I believe that there are people that are working against him. And I think, I believe that if the right people could talk to Trump before he makes his decision, that he could see the right thing because he's done things properly constitutionally when we've seen him have the right input. It'll be interesting. It will definitely be interesting. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction we cry around. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your personality, or your favorite personality. Truth over your own personality as well. I think that... (laughs) 
that probably was a bit of a slip, but not so much as a precursor to the, uh, you know, a segue into this article. Whoops, wrong one. That I want to talk to you about this article that's in Politico. Shocking paper predicting the end of democracy. <laughs> um, I, I love these sort of cataclysmic titles and everything. And I found... This guy, like, cut his teeth and I'm like, he, you know, made hay with that kind of thing. Right. So he's he's a, you know, famous sociologist and made, uh, you know, these shockingly but accurate predictions before. So that's why yeah. it's so much weight because, you know, this guy, who he's, he said stuff like that and been right. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, holy macro, this guy who's always right has said democracy is coming to an end. Well, what's interesting, JC, is that... Of course, by democracy, I mean representative government, even though they use that term. Yeah, but, but one thing about this article, especially when the... When the the author comes involved in this, True. really brought to my attention how confused these yep. people are to the meaning of the word democracy. He referred to like sick, uh, confused in general, mm -hmm. but he used the word democracy to describe six different political things yeah. that were not democracy at all. Yes, interesting. The thread that ran through it was um, how he characterized. Well, basically, democracy. What democracy is is when there's no right wing populist. Yes. Right? So right wing populist, and it's interesting because can it, wait a minute. Can you it, stop for a second and tell us what a right wing populist is? Because you can't read this article well, without this whole right wing populist. Thing. So in his okay. The definition of the article, mm -hmm. right, that you, you glean from how he uses the terminology is basically xenophobic, uh, racist, mm -hmm. uh, totalitarians, basically. Right. So author right. authoritarian, to use the term authoritarian. So right. xenophobic, racist, authoritarian. So it, it, it's interesting, the stuff he refers to, mm -hmm. I, I thought, and I don't remember the specifics, but I but I remember reading the article and thinking, all the references he was making applied to what the leftist, like where this guy would categorize himself. Right. That's what they are doing. And right. he's saying, oh, it's the end of democracy. But he only sees right wing populist as right. an exactly. antithetical to yeah. representative See, government. See, that's really crazy. He says people have been saying for two millennia that democracy is unworkable. Going back to Plato, what's interesting here is he says the founding fathers were sufficiently worried that they left only one half of one branch of the federal government in the hands of the people. Right. So constitutionally speaking, he's absolutely House correct. The, the people that are supposed to be directly elected are the House of Representatives. And what he actually does is he makes the argument for original intent to the Constitution. Because he says, look, we our founders understood that in this term, our representative republic, this is where he uses democracy in exchange for a representative republic. Our founders knew the fragility of a, a representative republic, so they and they knew that they didn't want direct democracy, right? Mm -hmm. So they only left one half of the legislative branch to popular vote, right? right? 
So they, they secured the Senate from popular vote to keep us from becoming a pure democracy. They secured the office of the executive from popular vote to pres preserve the, to ensure that we would not become a, de a pure democracy. Right. And they shielded the judiciary from any vote at all, right, to ensure that they would be secure from a pure democracy. So what's interesting is, is that he's saying um, democracy is failing because our founding fathers wanted to secure us from democracy. But look at what I'm seeing here, JC. Do we now have the system that our founders set up to elect the Senate? No, we don't. Our Senate is now elected by popular vote. Our Senate is now elected by popular vote, which makes our House, our, our legislative branch a pure democracy. Our president is supposed to be selected by the Electoral College, which means the states choose their representative in the president. But now our Electoral College is seen to be uh, aberrant if it doesn't go with the popular vote, moving us to this pure democracy. The failure that he's describing is not because the Constitution was established poorly, but once again because we're not following the Constitution. Well, the argument of from the sociologist is is very simple and very straightforward, and it's simply this that um, the problem with our quote unquote democracy, with with our system of self rule, and is what he mm -hmm. says basically, you know, the peop the people are not. <laughs> it's really bizarre. So our caveman brains didn't develop for self rule, right? The people aren't able to self rule. Um, so his basic simple argument is, is simply this, that the experts are n no longer the elite, the he elite, calls them. Ec the, the elite, elites. which he says are experts and whatever his other word. He says the elites, uh, are the people holding power at the top of economic, political, and an intellectual pyramid who have the quote motivation to support democratic culture and institutions and the power to do so effectively. Right. So democracy so is supposed to be the will of the people, but he right. defines democracy as yeah. aristocracy. Really, yeah, this ruling oligarchy. So he and which is tech typically or, or specifically technocracy, as our friend Pat Wood uh, right. writes about, talks about. So he says, basically, the elites don't have enough control and the peasants are ba are just simply incapable right. of self-rule. So the problem and by the way, that's the populism. So mm -hmm. the populism part of it is the fact that now the regular guy on the street right. is, you know, getting involved. So you have more control of by the common man. And he's saying that's the problem. So this is. He thinks the world is coming to an end because the elites are actually losing control over the system. So, so really, I mean, it's the it's the core of when Donald Trump says drain the swamp. Right. right. He's saying that draining the swamp is the end of democracy because everybody else is too stupid to govern themselves. That's the Cass Sunstein book Nudge. Yeah. Yeah. They, they call themselves uh, the Neo-Sapiens. Yeah, and that's the they, This is the term that they use for themselves, the Neo-Sapiens. They actually believe that they have, uh, they're higher up the evolutionary chain. Yep. 
that their brains are evolutionarily advanced over the general population. But the guy's really confused. Uh, let me finish what he says. He says, the founding fathers were sufficiently worried that they left only one half of one branch of the federal government in the hands of the people. Remember, because the people are too dumb. Right. Right? They're too dumb. Now, the people were smart enough to come up and overthrow the elite that was over them. Right? In the, in, in the yeah, aristocracy. Yeah, well, he questions right? that in the first paragraph. Yeah. But he goes on to say, and yet for two centuries, democracy in America uh, more or less proceeded apace without blowing itself up. But now it's blowing itself up, right? So what is what is the problem in the system? Is the problem the system Trump. or the people? Yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's exactly. The Trump. And and the the thing is, it's characterized by, as he said, xenophobia, racism, and authoritarianism. Right. That's that's what we have. Now, to me, you look at the government. He's talking about how the government mm -hmm. is operating. I don't, I don't see. Now, I understand this is how the left characterizes all of these things. So right. to them, everything is xenophobia. Everything is racism. Right. I don't see the government operating on xenophobia or racism. That's not what. That's not the policy. The basis of policy right. for this current government. Let me read this paragraph. Now, authoritarianism, to you. We, yeah, we see some of that mm -hmm. here and here and there for yeah. sure. Well, we see it more and more as this whole democracy ideology yeah. spreads. Listen to what he says. Democracy is hard work, and as society's elites, experts, and public figures who help those around them navigate the heavy responsibilities mm -hmm. that come with self-rule. ignorant peasants. <laughs> have increasingly been sidelined Citizens have proved ill-equipped cognitively and emotionally to run a well-functioning democracy. See, this has always been the argument of, of socialism. The argument of socialism is we're smarter, we know more, we're better equipped, we have a better vision, we know better about what you need, so let us rule everything and we'll give you this illusion of... of Input will give you a vote, which is simply an illusion in, of input. Well, you know, the, the lie inherent in his statement, you know, he's basically saying the people are stupid and, you know, just totally out of control. They can't do it. You need the experts. What is the reason that the people are essentially incapable yes. of self-governing? So if we because didn't disagree they've been with taught it, by right? the experts, Who, exactly. <laughs> Who's making the people the mm -hmm. way he says they are? It's these elite manipulators, these technocrats and the experts, they're the ones creating what he now says is the problem. So right. they create the problem and then they say, oh, see, you're not capable. Oh, you made them that way. But so then they can swoop in and say, oh, you need here's, us. Here's the thing. Remember the Neo-Sapiens? That's what they call themselves, Neo-Sapiens. He says, unfortunately, evolution did not favor the exercise of these qualities of self-governance in the context of modern mass democracy. So... <laughs> Seriously, how and and people eat this stuff up when they get around these people and they talk about their meta messages and how big and you know how how smart I am and how powerful I am. You know how many times I get people throw at me. You know, you were never at Yale, Chris Ann. You were never in Harvard. What do you really know, right? It's the <laughs> argument to the authority, yeah. and then you get income poops like this, right? Yeah. He says the irony is that more democracy 
ushered in by social media and the internet where information flows more freely than ever before is what has unmoored our politics and is leading us toward authoritarianism. He argues, Rosenberg argues that the elites have traditionally prevented society from becoming totally unfettered democracy. Their oligarch democratic authority or democratic control has now kept the authoritarian impulses of the populace in check. Seriously, I want to, when we come back after the break, I, I, I want to jump into that statement because this is who your Democrat politicians and your Republican elite politicians actually are. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. We're talking about this article in Politico because it gives us a really good teaching moment. The shocking paper predicting the end of democracy. Ooh, the world is going to end, right? And so um, this elitist uh, named Rosenberg says, the irony is that more democracy ushered in by social media and the internet where information flows more freely than ever before. See, this is the, another confusing use of that word democracy. Freedom of speech is, is now democracy or, or, or the free marketplace of ideas is democracy. Democracy is not a free marketplace of ideas. Democracies, by its definition, the way these people use this term democracy, is, is mob rule. So democracy in the way that they want democracy to actually exist is where you don't have a free marketplace of ideas. And this is actually the argument that he's making, isn't it? He says because of social media, because the populace has more access to information, because we have bigger platforms for our voices to be heard, uh, our government is going to fail because the elites can't protect us from ourselves. I mean, seriously, isn't that what he's saying? When he says, um, he says, the irony is that more democracy ushered in by social media and the internet where information flows more freely than ever before is what has unmoored our politics and leading us towards authoritarianism. Rosenberg argues that the elites have traditionally prevented society from becoming totally unfettered a, a democracy and their oligarchic democratic authority or democratic control has until now kept the authoritarian impulses of the populace in check. How does that make any sense? Because the elite have ruled over the people, they yeah. have prevented the people from being ruled over. Yeah. I, I, okay, Jason, the authoritarian, you've got a lot. The authoritarianism of the experts have prevented authoritarianism. Isn't that, seriously, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not misinterpreting that, am I? No. So you've got this logic class at Riverview University this quarter. You've got to show your logic students at least this paragraph because it's insane. <laughs> I think the technical term is gobbledygook. Is that really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe I thought it was some it's logic utter term, nonsense. you know, they, utter straw man, red herring. They use crazy phrases and nonsense. stuff. But here's the thing. This is not just a Democrat thing. I think this is a no, paragraph that describes what the American people generally refer to as 
the establishment. Exactly. This is Ooh, the establishment. Yeah. This is the this is Mitch McConnell. No, and, and this is this is um uh Peter King. This is every this is Diane Feinstein. This is everybody that's been in politics for more than 20 years. This is who they are. Yeah. They believe sure. that they are the rulers of the universe. And they are so because they are the chosen elite. They're the neo-sapien, more intelligent people. Just ask Hillary Clinton. I bet Hillary Clinton would probably tell you she knows that the Clintons are more intelligent than the rest of the population. Well, well and it's all of these guys, the ancillary, you know, a academia and think tanks. And, you know, it's all the people that, that are part of this, part of the swamp mm -hmm. that are not, they're not all politicians. They're not all elected people you know mm -hmm. people like this guy they they feel under threat because the elites are losing control and again pat our friend pat woods tech technocracy rising yes. is his get book, that right? book the, tro technocracy the trojan horse rising. of uh, global domination so like if you go to the show page at chrisanhall.com and here on youtube i'll post this as a resource pat woods book this is really something yeah. you need to get and well, there's another one i read way way back before that, the cult of the expert. I was just reminded of that. Brian Ford, cult of the expert, and this okay. like. Do we have a link we can share with that? Yeah, this okay. struck me. This this just describing this publisher describing it. I mean, this is this is it. What we're mm -hmm. talking about it says um, cult of the ex experts. Blind us with science, confuse us with jargon, frustrate us with bureaucracy, intimidate us with superiority, and yet precisely because they are so successful at all this have the power to appropriate huge shares of public funds and to make decisions which fundamentally affect our daily lives. And here you have this guy freaking out because the elites are losing power and we are demanding, we the people, don't tell me we're not making progress. I don't care. And don't you dare give Trump all the credit for this either. We are making progress because the people are getting sick and tired of being ruled over. And I think that's bottom line. God bless you guys. We'll see you again next time.